It's a day the Lord's made. We're supposed to do what? I just want to give everybody a, th- a big shout out. Thanks for this church for uh, the way you responded with uh, the Sean's family and with Thanksgiving. Melanie, uh, Tanya said that you all did great with that. And the shoe boxes. We're going to take those shoe boxes to uh, Eastern Kentucky probably in the next few days. And uh, a lot of those folks are still living in tents and cars. Bad time. Really bad time up there. So uh, we're hoping we can continue to be a blessing to them over time. So I want to start by reading to you from Psalm 100. It says, Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Man, everybody's awake today. That's the good news. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. That's what we're getting ready to do. Amen. Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who made us and not we ourselves. We need to remind ourselves of that, don't we? We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. Be thankful to Him and bless His name. Uh, We can't be thankful and complain at the same time, right? Choose which one you're going to do, right? For the Lord is good, His mercy is everlasting, and His truth endures to all generations. Let me say that. His truth's still here. A lot of people don't want to hear it, but it's still out there. There's no, he is easily distinguished because His way is straight and narrow. God is not hiding from the world. The world's running from Him, but He's not hiding from them. He's the only way out of here through His Son, Jesus Christ. We have a separation clearly with all the false religions in the world because Jesus Christ has risen from the dead. Buddha's still in the grave, who didn't even claim to be deity, by the way. Mohammed's in the grave. All these other false prophets are still in the grave. But Jesus is alive. And that should motivate us every week and every service This shouldn't just be on Easter or Passover. Our Savior is alive and He's available to us at this very moment. Amen. Say it with me. Some trust in chariots and horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord. Give Him praise this morning. Lord, we honor You because everything we have has come from You magnify you. You are the Holy One of Israel. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We magnify you. We exalt you. And we should recognize you in your, in your authority, in your grace, your mercy, all that you are to us every day of our lives. Every day can be a holy day when we recognize who you are in our lives. And we're so thankful that you took our place on that cross. And everybody said, Amen. Turn around and say hi to your neighbor. (laughs) Children's church is dismissed. Go over next door. Obedience is the key, isn't it? I could hear the theme of that. Obedience is the key. So as God gives you instruction through His Word and by His Spirit, the more we heed that, 
the more we'll see of God's work in our life. Can you say amen? There is no substitute for obedience. The Bible says in Samuel that obedience is better than sacrifice. And when the Holy Spirit exhorts us to obey, who's he doing that for? Us. God's going to be God whether you and I obey or not. We, we cost our own selves when we don't obey. Amen. And I believe God has set this ministry here as a, as a light. A city on a hill, so to speak. And he wants us to be givers of living water. He wants us to transfer that. <clears throat> and we'll talk some more about that in a little bit. If you have your Bibles, amen, turn with me to Matthew chapter 28. <clears throat> Let me show you something here. I'm excited about showing you, reminding you of this. Um, because I'm getting stirred up. And I'm getting stirred up in a good way about really getting aggressive about standing up for Jesus. He's the only hope for the world. And, and we can talk about the weather, but that ain't going to fix nobody's spiritual life. Amen? We can talk about why UK can't beat anybody that's worth a dime, but that ain't going to help nobody's spiritual life, right? Uh, we, we need to tell people who Jesus is and live it and obey Him. And be a light. We're running out of time. You know that? We're running out of time. We're coming to the close of the end of the age. And God has set us here. You were born in this moment, in this season for a reason. We were born here to, uh, to be a light and to be an example, to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Everybody in this building is called to put Jesus first. Not just two or three folks, not just people in certain positions. We're all called to put Jesus Christ first. Can you say amen? Now listen to what happened. I'm going to just, this is all a reminder to you. Now after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene, in Matthew 28 verse 1, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came, down, came and rolled back the stone from the door. And sat on it. I like that. Scoot it out of the way. I used to have a t-shirt that had Daniel where they dropped him into the lion's den. And on my t-shirt had a picture of Daniel. And he had taken all the lions and threw them in a corner and was piled up on them laid back. like That's our God. Amen. He's in charge. So the angel rolls the stone away and sat on it. His countenance was like lightning, and his clothing as white as snow. And the guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. I'm going to tell you, God's in charge. And the Bible says he gives his angels there encamped around those who fear the Lord and obey him. That's how the psalmist puts it. Angels encamp around those who fear the Lord and obey him. That's, that's, we have access. And do you know that one angel killed 180,000 soldiers in one night? Who's in charge? God is in charge of everything, isn't He? You, 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 you and I are on the right team. So these angels encamp around those who fear the Lord. That's what we have available. So this angel shows up and these guys are like dead men because of this one angel. But the angel answered and said to the women, Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, 
for He is risen. Amen. As He said, whatever, God has to be careful what He says. I'll just say that in jest, because whatever He says is going to happen. Whatever He gives out promises, prophesied, this coming to pass. Come see the place where the Lord lay, and go quickly and tell His disciples that He is risen from the dead. Now that separates Christianity from every other world religion. They're all false, except Christianity. This is the only begotten Son who came and died, laid His life down, and rose from the dead three days later to eternal life. Not rose from the dead to die again. As some people we see in the Bible who were raised from the dead, they still had to die in the flesh. But Jesus was the first fruits to eternity. He came out of that grave. That separates Christianity. I don't care if they call me uh, legalist. That separates Christianity from every other false religion. The one who came and taught, taught himself. And if Jesus had not come out of that grave, he would have been the biggest fraud that ever walked the face of the earth. But he came out of that grave, proven both in the text and by the Romans and the Jews both testified. That's why they tried to pay people off and cover it up. Jesus is alive. And that gives us the surest footing of any group of people in the world. Those who believe in Jesus Christ will not be put to shame. And though they die, yet shall they live. Somebody give the Lord praise. So he is alive. That separates. He said, just like he said, come see the place where he lay. He's risen from the dead. Indeed, he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. So Jesus is alive. Now they had all kinds of, they still try to use all kinds of false things to say that Jesus didn't rise from the dead. Some say he didn't really die. Some say he was dead for 10 minutes and got resuscitated. Some say they stole his body, this, that, and other. Different groups were accountable for stealing his body. But let me, let me say, not only does the Bible and not only were there eyewitnesses that testified outside of the Scripture, let me give you some really good... Uh, uh, what's the word I want to use? Let me give you some really good evidence that I believe shows us just how real this was. You had all his disciples and the others who were involved in seeing him after he had risen from the dead. His disciples were scattered throughout the earth at that time. And you, you can read about some of their horrible deaths from being dragged to being filleted to being crucified to being beheaded. You could just, all these martyrs over time, that these disciples had to have agreed if they were lying, and that was one of the other theories, that his followers were lying about him being resurrected. If they were lying, that somewhere somebody would have, would have fallen. Somebody would have given in. These guys all went and were, they had no accountability. They didn't have anybody watching over them. They did not have the technology we have today. Thomas could have went somewhere and said, you know what, I ain't dying for this. Because he didn't really rise from the dead. I'm not going to be filleted. Or Peter could have said, I'm not going to be crucified. The joke's over, you know. I'm not riding this thing. 
but every one of them died because they knew it was true. And John, they tried to kill, and they they couldn't kill him, so they banned him to the Isle of Patmos, where God used him to write maybe the most prolific book in the whole Bible. So we know that these guys never caved. Even though they were scattered and taken apart from each other, they were still holding to the truth. They knew that the Lord had risen from the dead. They had seen Him. They had eaten with Him after He had risen from the dead. If this would have been a joke or a hoax, one of those guys, at least one of them would have given in. One of them would have said, I'm not going to die for this. This has went far enough. But all of, and they died horrible deaths. Many of them died horrible deaths holding on to the truth that was evident to them and not only them, but many others. The Bible says the saints come out of the grave after Jesus was resurrected. There were so many miracles around His resurrection. They could not deny Him. And that's where we sit today. We sit in a moment in a time when everything is coming at us to get us to back away from our position. The government just passed another stupid bill about marriage that's going to allow them to come after churches and things. You, you need to know what's going on. This is getting out of hand. But we got to stand for the truth and stand with Jesus Christ. And here's why. He was resurrected. This thing is not a hoax. It's not a joke. It's not just another way of life. Our Savior has died in our place, risen from the dead, and He's coming back for those who put their trust in Him. And as I said in that funeral yesterday for Melanie, as sure as there is death, it's just as sure there's going to be a resurrection too. They all knew about a resurrection. David knew about the resurrection. He said, though my son, I can't bring him back, but I can go to him. Job knew about the resurrection. He said, though the worms eat my flesh, yet will I stand in the latter day and see my Redeemer. Martha knew about the resurrection. She said, I know my brother's going to rise in the last day. But Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He's a person. And that's what we put our trust and confidence in. Can you say amen? Let's go to Luke, amen. Let's go to Luke chapter 24. In Luke 24, it's the same things going on, but there's a few more details I want to get into. It says, in Luke chapter 24, verse 1 says, Now on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, there they and certain other women with them came to the tomb, bringing spices which they had prepared. But they found the stone rolled away from the tomb, Then they went in and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And it happened as they were greatly perplexed about this, that they, that behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. Everybody's having encounters, right? It says, then they went and didn't find that body. And these two men stood there. Then as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they said to them, why do you seek the, they said to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? Man, that's our good news. Our good news is not that we got a retirement. Our good news is not that we got this or that and the other material thing. Our good news is not that we got a church building. Our good news is that we no longer have to fear death. Those who sit in darkness have seen a great light. His name is Jesus Christ. That's the greatest news any of us will ever hear. That He's risen from the dead. And said, He is not here. He said, why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here but risen. Remember how that he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee. 
The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and the third day rise again. So they reminded them of what he said. And they remembered his words. Then they returned from the tomb and told all the things that the, uh, to the eleven and to the rest. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. Their words seemed to them like idle tales. Right? And that's where we're at. We're in a world now that looks at religion, I hate to use that word, but like fairy tales, especially Christianity. I can't tell you the number of people I've been disappointed in when I've turned on something to listen to and they talk about how the Bible's not really, those are not real events. They're just allegories. And as I said to you this past Wednesday night, Sir Isaac Newton, or last Wednesday night one, said there's, in the last days there's going to be a few men that's going to stand up and, and insist on the literal interpretation of the prophecies in the Bible, and they're going to be heavily persecuted. And I'm one of those guys. Sir Isaac Newton prophesied that years ago. We are in a world where it's like they want to call us fairy tale people for what we believe in. It says, Their words seemed idle tales, and they did not believe them. But Peter rose and ran to the tomb. Stooping down, he saw the linen clothes lying by themselves, and he departed, marveling to himself at what had happened. Now behold, two of, them there, two of them were traveling in the same day in the village of Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. They walked together of all these things, and, and, and together, uh, talked together of all these things which had happened. So it was while they conversed and reasoned that Jesus himself drew near and went with them, but their eyes were restrained so that they did not know him. And he said to them, now notice now, when Jesus asks questions, he's not really looking for answers. He's just giving us a chance to come clean. When you know when God said, Cain, uh, Cain, where's your brother? Do you think God knew where Abel was at? He certainly did because he addresses that later. But he was giving Cain a chance to come clean. Do you think he knew that Adam and Eve were hiding? Do you think he knew where they were hiding? Sure he did. He was just giving Adam and Eve a chance to come clean and say, yeah, we're hiding over here and we made these... Uh, fig of the loom underwear to wear. Now that's my phrase. Nobody's allowed to have that. I'm going to patent that. Fig of the loom. So God, when he asks a question, he's not really looking for an answer of something he don't know. He's given us a chance to be real. Then one of those, uh, Cleophas answered said to him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? This is funny to me. She's like, where, where are you from? You know, this is Jesus, and they don't understand that. Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? Have, we, have you not known the things which happened in the, uh, there in these days? And he said to them, what things? Uh, so they said to him, don't you love the Bible? It's better than anything Hollywood puts out. So they said to him, the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty indeed in word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. Now let me say something to you. You need to get ready for some persecution. You need to get ready for it. Jesus said, they treated him bad, they're going to treat us bad. He said, they hated him, they're going to hate you. We are getting in a very small minority, true believers who are going to be followers of God's word and stand up for it. We're getting in a small minority. And he said, he said this, they wanted to know why he didn't know all this. He said, the chief priests and the rulers delivered him. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Now think about that for a minute. These are the people who watched him do all these miracles. They heard his voice. 
but they didn't hear everything. And that's what we got to guard against. We got to guard against picking and choosing what we want to hear, right? Especially when we read the Bible or when the Holy Spirit speaks to us. And sometimes He don't always speak sweet things into our ears. Sometimes He's challenging. Sometimes the Holy Spirit rebukes us and reproves us. And we got to be willing to receive that just as, do, as much as we do the stuff when He says, this great thing's coming your way. We need to, but He's a great Father. So a great Father is in balance and He deals with our lives. He says, but we are hoping that it was He who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, today is the third day since these things happened. So that was still in the back of their mind, right? We're glad He redeemed us from our sin, but we wish He'd do something with Wrong! We're sick of them. Now, I know some of you feel the same way about the world and its culture. And I do too sometimes. Yes, and certain women of the company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us when they did not find his body. They came saying that he had also seen a vision of, that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. Then he said to them, O foolish ones, Listen to what he's going to say now. Oh, foolish ones, slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And the beginning and beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expanded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Now, over there, when he talks about Lazarus and the rich man, he said, the rich man says, Hey, send somebody down to tell my brothers so that they won't come down to this place where I'm at, this place of torment. And Jesus said, they, they wouldn't believe one, though if they, they got the law and the prophets, basically, he said, the Word of God. If they won't believe that, they won't believe one, though he rises from the dead. And that's exactly where we're at in this world. If we won't believe God's Word, and many people don't believe in Jesus. They don't believe that he's risen from the dead. And they, he expanded on, then they drew near to the village where they were going, and he indicated that he would have gone further. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it was toward the evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to stay with them. And it came to pass, as he said at the table with them, that he took bread, blessed it, broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished from their sight. Just like Star Trek. Go. I love Jesus because you can't put him in a box, can you? Earlier he had told them that they couldn't touch and then later he said he could. Now Jesus Christ has come up from the dead. This is driving people, some insane and giving some the greatest joy they've ever had in their life to realize that what he said was true. I want to I drive that home with you just a little bit this morning. Whatever God says, if you would turn with me to first, we may come back to Luke in just a minute, but turn with me to first, or Second Corinthians chapter 1. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, I want you to go to verse 19. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 19. I want to show you what the Bible says about Christ and His promises. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 19. The Bible says, verse 19, He says, for the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, by me, Sylvan Paul talking, by me, Silvanus, and Timothy, was not yes and no, but in him was yes. 
For all the promises of God in Him, speaking of Christ, are yes, and in Him, amen, to the glory of God through Jesus. In other words, you know, Jesus said, If you come to me, my Father will no wise cast you out. Whatever you ask in my name, it shall be done, as long as you're coming through Him. Jesus is our resource, this resurrected King, who's available to you and I every single day of our life who is also sitting at the right hand of the Father, praying on our behalf and interceding for us in all the situations that we come involved with. Jesus Christ is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. He's already come out of that grave. That settles everything. If you've lost the fear of death by believing in Jesus Christ, there's nothing else to fear. Once you overcome that, and that's why we can overcome this, is because of what Jesus Christ has done. He died in our place. He came out of the grave. Now let me say this. If you want me to trade in Jesus for something else, you've got to give me something better. You show me somebody else that's been resurrected. You show me somebody else that has the keys to death, hell, and the grave. You show me somebody else that has... You start studying these false religions, and they lay all the stuff on us. But thank God that's not what Christianity did. The Christianity laid all the stuff on Jesus. All our sins and all our iniquities and all our sicknesses and all our diseases were laid on Him. Total difference than all these other false religions. There's nothing else that we can have or better than Jesus Christ. There's nothing else better out there. You show me somebody that's risen from the dead and then I'll compare His science to the science of Jesus Christ. You show me somebody that's risen from the dead, then I'll compare his sayings to the sayings of Jesus Christ. But right now, Jesus Christ is separated, gloriously separated. He is the Son of God. He took our place on that cross. He died and rose again. And all of his disciples knew that it was real and knew that it was true, so much so they were willing to die for that. And most of them did die for that. Jesus Christ is resurrected. That is your hope. That's your security. That's your life. That's everything about us that we have available to us has come. All the promises that God offers us are yes in Christ. In Christ. You and I don't get to places to where we earn things. What are you going to say when you get there? I'm going to say, I'm here because of Jesus Christ. Everything I have is because of Jesus Christ. All the things that we have, every good and perfect gift. Jesus Christ came out of that grave and that separated Him forever from every false religion, every false government, everything that's going on that claims power and authority aside from Jesus Christ will crumble. It will come to naught. It will fail. And Jesus Christ will be crowned King of kings and Lord of lords. Yes, He will. If you will, run to 1 Thessalonians with me. We've been spending a lot of time over there. But in 1 Thessalonians, this verse just keeps coming back to me. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13, the Lord says, But I would not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who are fallen asleep or who have died, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, do you believe that? Do you believe that Jesus died and rose again? Even so, God will bring with Him those who sleep 
and Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that they who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord Himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God. (laughs) And the dead in Christ will rise first, and we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore comfort one another with these words. I want to say to you, as sure as there is death, there is also a resurrection. It is as sure as anything else. Martha, the people who... And there are a lot of people who criticize Christians for believing in a rapture and for believing in the Lord returning. But they all believe that. From the Old Testament through, they had good theology the whole time. That's why when Jesus said uh, He came to help uh, raise Lazarus up, Martha said, I know He'll be raised in the last days. She understood that. Job understood that. David understood that. We should understand that. That should take away the fear in our lives to know that we have power over the grave because of what Jesus has done. You and I don't have to live in fear. The Bible actually says that because Jesus has come and done His work and fulfilled what God's Word said, that has taken the fear that held people captive. That's released us from that. That's what the Bible teaches in the New Testament. That has released us from that fear. The fear of dying. And so now, because we no longer have the fear of death in our lives because of what Jesus has done, think what fits that gifts to Satan. When you no longer have to fear death, when you no longer have to fear dying because you know to be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord, that causes Satan to lose so much power and influence in our lives. And God has given us the assurity of that with His Son. That's what He's given us. He's given us the assurity. So I want to take you to Psalm 91 before I quit this morning. In Psalm 91, this guy really gets it. And he, he tells us, and there's three people in this conversation here in Psalm 91, but he, he really understands what's going on here. And so he starts bragging on God. And he, when he brags on God, he says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. That's our lot. And that's our lot because of what Jesus Christ has done. He who dwells... In the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in Him will I trust. This guy is testifying. Now watch what happens in this psalm. He testifies of how good God is. He's got such confidence. And nowhere in the history of mankind should anybody have any greater confidence in the Lord than the church that exists today. We have seen the prophecies come to pass. We have seen God's Word. We're watching it come to pass right in front of our eyes. We know about the resurrection. We have the complete Bible. Some of it hadn't been written when a lot of these people were trying to serve God. We have the complete oracles of God. We have the finished work of Christ. We have all these prophecies. We have Israel going home. We have Jerusalem going back under. We got so we ought to be the most confident most sure people that's ever walked the face of the earth because our God reigns and He's in charge. Can you say amen? And so this is the guy, he's testifying. He's saying, hey, He's my fortress, my God, in Him I will trust. Surely He will. Now He's talking to somebody. Watch what He's saying. 
we're picking up another person in this psalm. Surely he shall deliver you, right? He knows how good God has been to him, so now he's telling other people. He's telling someone else. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor the destruction that lays waste at noonday. Why? Why does somebody who put their confidence and trust in God not have to be afraid of anything? Because to live is Christ, to die is gain. You can't lose. The game's fixed. It's rigged. It's been rigged by Jesus Christ. As long as you put your confidence and trust in Him, the game's fixed. And so he said, hey, he's my refuge. And he's telling this guy, he says, this is what he'll do for you. He'll, he'll, he'll deliver you. He'll be there for you. And then he says, a thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. God will take care of his own. He will preserve us just like he did the children of Israel in Egypt. And then he, now notice what's happened. This guy's been convincing, obviously. He says, because you, he's still talking, right, to this other guy, because you have made the Lord who is my refuge. You've seen what I'm telling you to be true, right? Even the Most High, your dwelling place, no evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling, for he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In your hands, uh, in their hands, they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, you, the, lung, the young lion and serpent you shall trample underfoot. Now this is also prophetic of Jesus, but the psalmist is writing this in the midst of his trouble. And he's telling us about how good God is, and he's giving this guy who evidently is facing trouble, he's trying to convince him that his resource is God. And he does a good job with it because there's this conversion taking place in this psalm. And then look what happens in verse 14. Then God starts talking. Notice how it changes. Because he, little he, has set his love upon me, big me, right? Now God jumps into the conversation. So you got a guy witnessing to somebody to persuade them or provoke them like Paul talks about. That's what we should be doing. We don't have to fear Death no longer has a hold on us. We no longer have to fear. So let's tell the world how good God is. Let's tell them that Jesus is the only one that's been resurrected. Let's tell them how God will watch over us and take care of us. Notice what he says. He says, God steps in and he starts talking because he has set his love upon me. Therefore, I will deliver him, little him. I will set him, little him on high because he has known my Name, big my, he shall call upon me, big me, and I will answer him, little him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him with long life. I will satisfy him and show him, big my, salvation. What a, what a song. That should be us. We should be running around here telling folks how good God is. And how He's awesome to save and mighty. And that His work is greater than any other work in the world. And that resurrection sets us apart 
from every false religion. I am not yielding to all these false religions. I'm not yielding. If we yield and go along with these things and don't stand out and allow ourselves to be separated from that, we will be helped deceiving people. I'm telling you, you can't get to heaven except through Jesus Christ. Everybody that's hearing me out there in the world today or gets this podcast, you cannot get to heaven unless you accept Jesus Christ. He's the only one that's risen from the dead. And this, uh, this is an infallible truth that's been practiced and understood for centuries. Jesus Christ is alive and well. And because of His resurrection, my whole life is secure because of what He done by coming out of that grave. Now let me give you something to think about. The devil knew how important it was for Jesus to go, come out of that grave. He knew that. So much so that I believe he tempted him to come off the cross. I believe when Jesus was hanging on the cross, the Bible tells us that some people come by and said, He saved others, why can't He save Himself? He was saving us when He was up there. No man took His life, He laid it down. But I believe the devil wanted Jesus humiliated. I believe he wanted Him beaten half to death. I believe he wanted Him spat on and cursed and everything else. But I believe he wanted Him stopped short of dying. I believe the devil did not want Jesus to die. Because once Jesus died, guess where he went? He went into the depths of the earth. And he set everything right down there. And he took the power and authority over death, hell, and the grave. Once Jesus gave up the ghost, as the Bible puts it, now the devil had to deal with him in his domain. Jesus comes down into the depths of the earth and sets everything right and then comes out of the grave. I don't know how the devil thought he was going to stop Jesus. Maybe he wanted to trip him up. Maybe he wanted him to get discouraged, come down off of that cross, right? Tempting him down. Maybe all the demons in hell were there at the tomb that day, hoping they could stop him from coming out. But none of that worked. And once Jesus... Now, here's what Paul said. He said, if Christ is not risen, our hope's in vain. In other words, it's futile what we're doing. But because He is risen... Our hope is not in vain. And so now Christ is risen. The thing the devil dreaded the most, that he'd come out of that grave. He sealed the deal. And once he sealed the deal, all of us who put our trust and confidence in this resurrected Messiah, who's praying for all of us on the right hand of the Father, now we too can have the same confidence Though, like Job said, though the worms may eat our flesh, yet in the last day I will stand with my Redeemer. That's our lot. We have hope without a question mark. Amen? We have hope with no question mark because Jesus Christ has risen from the grave. Our, everything we do is futile if Jesus hadn't come out of that grave. There really wouldn't be a need for us to be here this morning. We could turn this into a car lot or whatever. There'd be no need for us to stand and praise and sing and have hope without a question mark if Jesus had not risen from the dead. That's the good news of the gospel. That Christ has taken our place on that cross, but He didn't stay in the tomb. He rose from the dead so you and I could live our lives without fear. That's how the New Testament says it. Because of that, we now can live our lives without fear 
with this hope, the hope without a question mark. You remember that word, el pistas, el piso. Hope with no question mark. Not because of the word or the, the language or the linguistics of the word hope, but because of who the hope is in. What settled that hope? The resurrection. The resurrection settled that hope. If you had any doubt of whether Jesus was the truth and the way and the life, it was settled with the resurrection. If you have any doubt of which, uh, again, I hate to use this word, which religion is the right one to follow, the resurrection settled that question. That's what God did to make a clear distinction between what He used to bring us into fellowship with Him by way of religion uh, hate the, versus the rest of the world's concepts. That resurrection sets everything else apart from Christianity. And you can get down about a lot of things every week, but if you'll keep your mind and your heart focused on the resurrection, you can come out of it. You can come out of it. All, most of us have lived life long enough to know that life throws curveballs at us. But we have hope beyond all the trouble we face. We have hope without a question mark because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You guys can come to the instrument. There is hope with no question mark because of what Jesus has done. Let's stand to our feet. Somewhere along the way, if we're not careful, we'll start thinking that we're right with God because of what we do. You and I, the only way we can be right with God is by way of what Jesus has done for us. If Jesus had not done what we call the finished work of Christ, none of us could be right with God. Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you for this moment we have with you here in this auditorium. That all of us need to be reminded that that resurrection is, every, is the hope without a question mark that sets everything apart by way of Christianity. I'm so thankful, Jesus, to you this morning that I no longer have to fear death. We don't have to fear death. We don't have to fear the, the, the wicked devices of Satan. We don't have to fear the demonic activity that goes on. We don't have to fear men. All we need to do is just love you, fear you. If we fear you properly, we don't have to fear anything else. Let that be our lot, Lord. Let that be our lot, that we would overcome and have hope without a question mark. Because you've overcome. You have been resurrected from the grave. And I just pray this morning, Lord, that as I stand here, that if there's anybody under the sound of my voice that, did not, that does not know you as their Lord and Savior, maybe someone watching, maybe someone here in this building, maybe someone who gets this podcast, may they see a clear picture today of what separates Jesus Christ from all other world religions, what causes Christianity to have the strength and the last say because of your resurrection. Our hope is in you. 
Christ and the resurrection. We celebrate that this morning as believers. As they begin to worship, this altar's open. If you're here and you need to come to know Christ, if you need to prodigal, you need to return home, you have sickness, whatever your need is, will you come this morning?